I'm Sarah Elizabeth Smith, and this is the Theosophia Podcast, a platform for women's voices and theology. You can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theosophia, and consider donating to this Labor of Love project for women's empowerment. This week is round two with the Reverend Brittany Hanlon. Reverend Hanlon currently serves as an associate minister at Marble Collegiate Church in New York. We dive into a lovely discussion about self-care for pastors and the importance of talking about mental health in the church. During our conversation, I was reminded of a famous quote by the wonderful American playwright, poet, and black feminist, Intazaki Shange. She said, I found God in myself, and I loved her. I loved her fiercely. In many religious traditions, there is great spiritual depth found in realizing the divine in oneself. Recognizing the inner holy is a source for growth, health, and self-actualization. Reverend Brittany eloquently names this in our interview and lays out practical ways folks can be proactive in taking care of their health, especially one's mental health. I'm very excited to share this episode with y'all. This needs to be an ongoing conversation in the church, not just in reference to the life of the lady, but also the life of the pastor. Hope y'all enjoy. Here's Reverend Hanlon. So you want to talk about self-care, the purpose of self-care, especially as a pastor and being able to basically pastors providing spiritual support Mm -hmm. and and another form of care for humans, right? Mm -hmm. But in order, and I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned in the discernment process of ordination and why God's taken so much time with me mm-hmm. during this process of discernment is to get myself right. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if I am not, and this goes for anything like mm-hmm. in the world, like any sort of occupation, but I think especially as pastors, if, if you are not well within your soul and in Listen. your mind and your heart, like you cannot help feed the hungry, right? Like you cannot, help other people in the ways in which we're called to help folk. Mm-mm. So what's, what's been on your mind lately about, about that? Before I got ordained, there's so wow. many things that as you talk about ordination, there's so many things that, ha- that you have to do to get ordained. You know, you have yeah. to write the paper and you have to meet with the committees and, you know, you have to take the classes and the boundary training and, in the UCC, you have to, in the United Church of Christ, you have to um, also have, a, you have to have a psychological exam. Yes, we do too. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yep. And so I'm like, this is great. Well, at the time I didn't think it was great. At the time I was, in, I was You're so like, oh, shit. pissed. You're going to find out. Oh my God. No, I wasn't even, I was just like, who do they think they are? If they're going to tell me that I need to have a psychological exam, like, no, you need to have a psychological exam. I was just so pissed. Like, I was just like, I cannot. And I like went into the psychological, I had an attitude. I was not right. in the mood at all. <laughs> and so when I got in there, um, like I said, my attitude is bad. And 
my the 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 man who's administering the exam you know i'm just like he's such a, he was being so nice and everything and i was just like whatever and i go in i take whatever other the other parts of the the test and then i leave and he calls me back in like the next week to like read it to me and he had me nailed down perfectly it was like the most beautifully like i was just like you're my therapist you <laughs> are my therapist now i'm in des moines iowa i've been there about six months um well yeah, I've been there about six months and I was losing my mind. I had, I was just like, what is going on? And then I had to have the psychological exam and I'm pissed. And then he's my, it was just like, you're my therapist. And he was like, what? And I was like, you, you won, you passed, like (laughs) you passed, like you, you jumped over the obstacles that I was like putting in front of you. And you actually saw my heart. Like you didn't pathologize me or problematize me. Like you said the truth, sir. Oh my God. I was just like, <laughs> you're my therapist. And so he and I sat for, for, you know, he's, he's, oh God, he's my favorite person. God, I love him. He and I did intensive work. And he said, when we sat down the first time, he said, okay, so we can, you know, meet every other week. And I looked at him so seriously. And I said, no, I need to meet with you every week. Mm-hmm. I need this to be consistent every week. And he was like, okay. I met with him every week for a year and a half wow. from that day, every, every week. And wow. sometimes, I mean, I would be so stressed out with ordination. And like I said, I was the first black person being ordained and just like all the pressures that came with being where I was in the position that I was in. Um, and just all the other pressures of just being who I was, period, in the world. Um, I just, I, I needed to go. And so there were times when there were weeks when I went twice a week, um, Mm -hmm. and worked through a great deal. I mean, I'm not nearly done, you know, but it, it was pretty transformative to take the time to see that like, God, you haven't, you haven't forgotten about me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like this psychological Mm -hmm. exam, like this ordination thing, like, you know, sometimes feeling like, when you get you called to ordination and you're called to pastoral ministry, sometimes you feel like you're sacrificing so much and so much time, energy, and it's like, is it worth it? Does it even matter? Does like why you know? And so to feel like I was doing something that I needed to cross off the list, but not even realizing like how much I needed to do that so that I could get to that place, you know, mm-hmm. to like find that that therapist at that time that I needed for that year and a half to do that work that I needed to do. It was just kind of like, wow. Um, so I, I thought about that and I thought about when you were talking about ordination, it, it took me all the way back to the psychological exam to say that once you're ordained, they don't then check back on your mental health. Mm. Right. You don't come back around and have another psychological exam. We have to have boundary trainings, but we don't have to have mandatory counseling, right? right. And so I think that that's something that we need to be paying attention to mm. as up as ministers, as people who are in this work, um, as theologians in general, like that we need to be working through what we see and what we feel yes. in this world, right? Um, and counseling is one of those things. And I think that the denominations are responsible for making sure that pastors are taking care of themselves because if they aren't, then we have misconduct and we have 
you know, right. inappropriate behavior and, right. you know, fake scandals and things that don't need to be happening because one person is damaged and their damage is bleeding off into other people right. when we can, you know, we're all damaged, but how do we bandage you up? Like, how do we heal you? How do we mm-hmm. move you forward? And we do that by making sure that people are attending to their mental and physical and spiritual health. I think that once you check, you know, you jump all these hurdles to get or ordained, ordained, everybody's like, okay. You got it. And it's kind of like, do I though? Right. Now I'm in it. Like help, like, okay, how do I stay in it? You know? Right, and that's right. why there's, you know, I think that so many people burn out so fast from, from pastoral work because yeah. there's not, they're not the mental health supports and resources in place to kind of catch them. So self-care for pastors, I think starts with making sure that you're attending to your mental health, your spiritual health, like those things your physical health, your, like your health in general, your mm-hmm. health as a, as a person. But mental health is something that I think we will try to pray away rather right. than talk through. Right? right. And you can't pray away depression. You need to go no. talk to somebody about what you're experiencing. Yes. You can't pray away anxiety. That doesn't mean that you don't pray about it. Right. But praying about it means pray to me. Prayer without works is dead. So mm-hmm. if I ain't doing something that's, that's also moving this needle forward, mm-hmm. then you know, it's not going to work. So we need both prayer coupled with partnership in it with a therapist. Yes. This is how I see it. Yes. That makes me think of, I I think that's a really astute observation about church politics and structure in general. Um, Mm -hmm. That's definitely missing. I don't know any church denomination that keeps up with pastors, spiritual or mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. that seems to be like kind of on you to do, Mm -hmm. you know, you just Mm -hmm. need to have it together and you, you figure that out. Mm -hmm. But then when these churches are dying and then when these, you know, these pastors are, you know, committing suicide and, you know, these things are happening, everybody's looking around like, well, what article are we reading? Like, you know, go, go take a bubble bath. And it's like, no, go sit on somebody's couch. That's what you Mm -hmm. need to go do. And Mm -hmm. then go take a bubble bath. Those couple, that's what we listen and maybe get some meds in there too. Hello. Right? Like Talk. Something. Some if 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 medicine is what you need, because it again, mental health is a health thing, right? I'm not mm-hmm. gonna if I had diabetes, I would not take my insulin because, you mm-hmm. know, I of the stigma that's associated with needles. Like I'm gonna take the insulin because it's what's keeping me alive. Mm-hmm. And so ment- like, you know, our mental health is the same thing. Like your brain is pretty powerful people Mm -hmm. it's a pretty powerful like organ and instrument that you have been given and so it's our responsibility to care for it and when and it's also institutions responsibility that use that that instrument right and abuse that instrument to a certain extent Mm -hmm. to make sure that they're tending to it so that it doesn't become abuse right right and so we see no that was great what we see in the catholic church right now especially i mean all over the world, but especially in the U S like all these Mm -hmm. sex abuse scandals. And it's like, Mm -hmm. put, put just the whole Catholic theology of celibacy Mm -hmm. over here. Like, do we like, who's taking care of the priest Mm -hmm. and what I always say this about people who are depressed or people who are unhealthy, like super unhealthy Mm -hmm. cannot make good decisions. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. 
You cannot do your work. You cannot make good, healthy, logical choices when you are yourself sick up here. Mm-hmm. And people often ask, why would, why would this person do this? I'm like, because they're, they're literally sick. They're sick. They need help. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think, like you said, praying or empty words is the answer. It, there has to be a both and. Like, of course, right. of course, prayer, right? But, mm-hmm. but like you said, if we're not doing things and things, we have all this knowledge. And like you said, like God, what was your saying? God didn't bring a period, but a comma. Yeah, God, don't put a period where God has put a comma. Yeah, like we know so much more about mental health and what it takes for humans to be healthy, functioning people. So why not use all those resources to help us flourish and do our jobs well? Right. And I should get on here sometime like a Christian scientist because they would – probably argue with me about that oh for sure but yeah i guess i'm in that camp with you of hey we know about this and i think there's been less stigma about mental health the more and more we talk about it and the more and more people kind of for lack of a better word come out with stories Mm -hmm. of depression or anxiety or you know i took antidepressants for a year i know like when i um you know, I was going through my divorce. I decided to take antidepressants and I needed to, it, mm-hmm. it, it helped save my life. I was in such a deep, dark place. Um, but it took me hearing stories from friends and kind of normalizing it for me to think that's a option I should consider, mm-hmm. but how strong that is in our culture that those things are bad or, I can just I can just do this. I can power through with God's help. I can just get over this of whatever it is. But maybe this brings me to my next question for you. Like what besides therapy or medication, that, that's kind of what we've been talking about lately, um, what else can folks do or what do you do? What are practices you do to take care of yourself? I watch really bad television <laughs> because I have to like my mind won't ever shut off and like I'm still like deconstructing and doing like the 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 social work of like what what does this mean what why am I watching this or whatever but sometimes I just like have to watch a reality show just because I can't like I cannot it's such an, it's not reality that I need something that's so far my reality that like it's just outlandish and ridiculous. So that's mm-hmm. something that I do. I walk with my dog a lot. Um, I like being outside. So anytime I'm outside, I like to like think and like kind of be in silence. Um, I've been trying this like gratitude practice of like showing gratitude. So I have a gratitude journal. I spend a lot of time journaling outside of that journal in my normal journal, just about things that I'm feeling. Um, I talk to my best friends and like keep them abreast about like what's going on mm-hmm. and the women in my life, you know, my spiritual mothers who keep me grounded when I feel like I'm on the edge of breaking. Those are people that I talk to and go to um, on good days and bad days so that I can, I can get what I need. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's 
That's so important. I'm a big, I've gotten really big into yoga. Yeah. In the past, probably two years I've been doing it quite often, like two or three times a week. And that's really great. Oh, it's been amazing. Not only for my body, because I've beaten the shit out of my body for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, recalibrates my whole body. Yeah. But but the, the spiritual element of just focusing on yourself and like having just this space to really introflect. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm such a body person. I'm such a physical person. Mm-hmm. I need that movement too. That's super yeah. helpful for me. Um, so yeah, there's so many different ways, but going back to being in, being able to help others. I wanted to share too. It stinks that we have to go through hard times in order to like grow and learn. But like, I don't think if I didn't go through the things I've gone through, whether it be my journey of coming out as a gay woman or, you know, getting married and getting divorced and all, all those really tough experiences, I wouldn't be able to be the pastor I am now and will be, you know what I mean? And I hate that trauma causes such a, like a stripping away of everything, right? It brings you to your knees in a way that nothing else can. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's how you build yourself back up through the self care that really, I think, shapes pastors and priests into people that can really help folks through their traumas. Right. Right. Cause like you're saying, like you sit with people in hospitals on their deathbeds, you know, you go to people's homes, you go to traumatic situations all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it, but if you didn't have experience with trauma yourself, like you couldn't relate, you couldn't, yeah. Speak life into those situations or hope, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that, I don't think that everything happens for a reason. That's not what I think. But I think mm-hmm. that, you know, if you spend time and you think you can find something that you've learned out of the situation, something that a way and something that you've gleaned from it, you know, and it's not always like a kernel of like greatness or whatever, you might realize like that the system is corrupt. You might realize that, you know, that black women are dying at a disproportionately a much higher rate than, than their white counterparts, you know, giving birth. Like these things, these are things that you might find out. You also might find out that you love, you know, swimming, something that you've never done or that you love yoga, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So I think that, you know, just realizing that, um, just realizing that like life is so many things happen to us, you know? So like, it's, and it's, it's like, life is so hard. (laughs) Like it's so hard. It It is is. full of disappointments and like just trying to like realize that those disappointments aren't indicative of who you are, you know, Mm. like those, those disappointments aren't the summation of you. Um, Mm. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's hard when you're in it because it it's, you know, when bad things happen, they trigger you to think about the other bad things that have happened. 
right? Mm-hmm. So then it just kind of sends you spiraling, like like bad things. It, it it's a man. Mm-hmm. But it's like I think along with the self care piece, we we create the narrative mm-hmm. of of like you said the bad things that happen. We get to decide. I think the healthy way of healing is creating narratives. Maybe not every, like you said, not that everything happens for a reason, but this is what the reason is. And this is, this is what I, or or rather, let me say that, rephrase that. This is what, like you said, I've learned from this situation and here's Mm -hmm. how this is making me a better human. Mm -hmm. I am, I'm with you on that. I don't think or not, or not even necessarily how this is making me a better human. Yeah, because essentially, hopefully you, if it's a bad situation and it's awful and it's something, you know, that is, is, is bringing you pain, prayerfully, if it's a person or, you know, a situation that you don't, then you learn that you don't internalize that pain and, and inflict it upon somebody else, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, if, if for anything else, what I've learned in, in my own trauma is to not do to make it my, my responsibility, to make it my mission to not do to others what has been done to me. Right. Mm-hmm, and so that's mm-hmm. why leading with love is so important, but I can't do that if I'm not first like loving myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's taking a step back and, and, and ex- instead of giving from an empty cup of, of love that I don't really have for me, I'm filling that cup up so that when I'm giving it to other people, it comes out naturally. It's mm-hmm. not this forced, you know? Mm-hmm. Say more about that leading with love. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, I, I have a tendency. I was just like thinking about walking down the street. Like I am not, I don't think I'm the most approachable person like that is walking down the street. Right. And that's also like a protective mechanism as a young woman and like the being Mm -hmm. a female body and all so on. Mm -hmm. But then there's also a sense of just like, don't talk to me in general. (laughs) I don't care if you have something nice to say or not, like don't say anything to me at all. How about that? And so I was like really thinking about this and like what a smile can do for someone in a city like New York where everything is so hustle and bustle and I'm going right along with it. But like, that's not really, I mean, I'm fast and I can, I can think that way. But like, part of me is like, I kind of enjoy when I'm like smiling at people instead of, you know, the scowl. And I just have my, you know, I'm just, I'm looking straight ahead and not acknowledging anybody around me. Like Mm -hmm. that's not what I was created to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that. So trying to lead in love is like putting love, like, when I put on my coat, like putting on love too, mm. like that. Mm-hmm. So when I walk out the door, it's not just this. I speak to people. Hey, how are you? Right. So this guy today, I was, I, I usually make my kids waffles. Um, but this morning I like was behind. I was going to be on the chancel this morning for worship. So I was just like feeling super overwhelmed. So I was like, I can't make waffles this morning. Like I'm just going to get them donuts. And I was going to get the donuts in the city, but I was like, I might as well just get them right here because I have a few extra minutes before the train comes. So I go to the Duck and Donuts and there's this guy standing outside and he asked for change and I didn't have any change, but I didn't hear what he asked for. I just kept walking. And then I came outside and he asked if I had any change. And I looked in my wallet and I didn't have any change. And I was like, well, do you want something to eat? And he was like, yes. Or can you just get me a cup of coffee? Like he, he said no a bunch of times. And I was like, no, just tell me I, I can get you something. So I go back in and I get him a cup of coffee. And, um, 
I asked him if he wanted cream and sugar, got him the cream and sugar. And then I ran as, as I'm giving him the coffee, the train is coming and I'm like, are, and it only comes once an hour. So if I don't catch this train, then I have to go to Newark and get on another train. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God. So luckily like I run, I run, I run and I make the train and I like sat down and I was like breathing so heavy and I was like, but I was like, at the end of the day, like, yes, that like took a little bit out of my day, that extra run with my like out of shape self, like that was extra. (laughs) My lungs burned for like the next three stops. But after that, it was like, well, in the midst of all of that, I, I knew that after my throat calmed down and my lungs, like, you know, started to, to, to mellow out that like I, I was okay. Like I knew where I was getting my next meal from. I knew that, you know, when I was coming home, I knew what my schedule, my routine was like. And I didn't, I wasn't convinced that that man knew that. And so it was a moment for me, like, yes, I might've run and been inconvenienced for a second, but like that everybody, so many people walked by him. Did anyone acknowledge him, you know? And mm-hmm. if I can't do a small thing like that and get him a, a a $2 coffee, a dollar and 91 cent cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Like if it's that big of a deal for me out of my day, then this isn't what I need to be doing. Yeah. In the world. Like, yeah. you know, so if I, and it's not always about money and it's not about those things, but if I can't show another human being compassion mm-hmm. each mm-hmm. day, then I'm not, my life is not worth living. Mm-hmm. And like, that's kind of how I'm trying to like move in love, you know, mm-hmm. when on those bad days and on those moments when I'm not feeling my best, like how can I still show up as love for somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think that's really great. And something as a priest, like you have to be, you got to be doing that or you're not being a priest, right? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Pharisee. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> whole nother conversation. <laughs> The, the, the reason that black women in ministry are important is because black women have to advocate for other black women because mm-hmm. no one's advocating for these little girls. Mm-hmm. The, the issues that are happening in the black community and, and people turning a blind eye socially to what happens to black girls at the hands of police, at the hands of family members, at the hands of, 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 of high prestigious, pretentious black men these things and, and white men in general, like black girls can't continue to be um, the bait. They can't continue to be the scapegoats for, for everyone's desires, you know, um, their sexual pleasures, their, their questions about science. Like it's not, it's not fair. It's not right. And if it's not black women who are speaking of what God said, right. I'm mm-hmm. telling you what God said. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you what I said. But mm-hmm. God told me that we were all created in God's own image. And that means that's me too. So what you're not going to do is leave me out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. What you're not going to do is leave, leave black girls out of the conversation. So it is my responsibility, mm. my responsibility to fight for black girls. Like I, it, it, it just is mm-hmm. me being a, a minister and being robed and being who I am and me, you know, when I'm, I'm standing up in my robe or without my robe, but when I'm, particularly when I'm in my vestments, it's not just for me. It's for mm-hmm. those black, older black women who have told me, I never thought that I would see a black, a young black woman up there at that, in that pulpit. Not mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. It's for the, the young black girls who never will, you know, who, who never thought that they could see themselves up there. Mm-hmm. So it's for the, 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 the little black girl who's yet to be like all of the things that I do. 
I try to do in like, I try to be in with, I try to do with integrity, you know? And so, yeah, black women in ministry mean that they're more black women willing to say enough is enough, mm-hmm. right? There are enough of more people who are going to show the world what grace looks like and mm-hmm. what forgiveness looks like because black women are some of the most forgiving people considering the, the, the hand that has been dealt. So I will listen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's black women in ministry is a beautiful thing because to me, it means that more black girls will be protected. Black mm-hmm. girls, integrities will be intacted. Their spirituality will be intact, you know, protected. These things will be intact more so than if we weren't there. Mm-hmm. But, and you doing the hard work of working on yourself and like you said, loving yourself and taking care of yourself mm-hmm. is what allows you to do that work. Mm-hmm. It really is. And that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for far too long, we've stigmatized, you know, all the things about slowing down and doing things you need to do to be whole and healthy. Right. And we got this, like, you know, how our system of capitalism works. It's constant growth. It's constant movement. It's constant work. Mm-hmm. And, and priests get wrapped up in that. And, but there's got to be a way. And I think that's a very spiritual thing. The mm-hmm. priests, like, we're trying to teach that. The countercultural idea of mm-hmm. just spirituality in general, but also, like, living out our spirituality yeah, in our relationships and with our relationship with ourself. Jesus got tired a couple of times. Jesus mm-hmm. went away. Remember Jesus went away to pray. Mm-hmm. Jesus went to the wilderness for 40 days. Jesus fell asleep on a boat in the middle of a storm. If Jesus don't tell us nothing, Jesus said, you need to go ahead and take care of yourself. Because Listen, the storm is coming regardless. Listen, <laughs> the storm is coming regardless. So Preach are you going to take care of you? Or are you going to worry about the storm coming? Because it's coming regardless. Yep. Yep. So are you ready for yes. it, baby? Because it's yes. coming. So if you haven't done your own work, if you haven't gotten your own rest, oh, it's going to be a hell of a storm, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one that could take you out. Because you haven't prepared yourself. You ain't sat down. You ain't rested. You ain't had no food. You just you just running on fumes. Right. But the storm is coming regardless. So that's what Jesus told me. Go and sit down. You sometimes you got to step Mm -hmm. away from people Mm -hmm. to be by yourself and listen to the inner voice that is within you, the still speaking voice of God that is within you. Yeah. I mean, it's just necessary. Jesus teaches us about self-care, but it's not bath bombs. It's not spa days, you know, the, the, the hard work that, that Jesus shows in self-care is that you're going to deal with some temptation mm. Mm. and you don't get tempted with things that you don't want. Right. It wouldn't be temptation. Otherwise. Right. Right. Ugh. So, you know, yep. It, yep. It, it, it takes a lot to do this work. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's selfless, right? Not that we're Christ, but like, People aren't, if you're doing this to get accolades or to get acknowledged, then you in the wrong profession. That yeah. like, you know, yeah. that this is a vocation, the calling, whatever, however you want to say, this is not that. Mm-hmm. But you have to realize that it's not, you're not always going to get that pat on the back. 
But you have to then, again, go back to why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. How are you pouring into yourself? When you don't Mm -hmm. get that affirmation from other people, how are you giving it to you? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know, the effort, the praise and the criticism, it's somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. You're not all that great. You're not the you're not the second coming of Christ and you're not right. the scum of the earth either. So you right. have to, you know, find those things for yourself and find that balance so that you can be whole and healthy totally. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thank you so much, sister. That was beautiful. I loved it. I think this will be such good good stuff for the world to hear. I got you, Sriracha girl. Thanks again, Reverend Brittany, for sharing your astute insights and theological wisdom on the issues of mental health in the church. You're such an amazing leader and role model for your community and beyond. I'm so thankful and blessed to know you and learn from you, my friend. Join us next week, y'all, for the beginning of Season 2 of Theosophia. And as always, you can find Theosophia on all the social media sites. And be sure to stop by our Patreon page and consider supporting this Labor of Love podcast. Have a great week, y'all. Peace.